Hi, everybody. This is Jack Graham and John Peterson. Hello, with hello. Issue of We Talk Photo. This is a podcast about everything it has to do with outdoor, travel, nature, whatever, uh, photography. And we'd like to bring some of the more interesting people that we know uh, <laughs> to you and let them find out about everybody that we've had on and we're going to have on and all that good stuff. So without further ado, today, finally, uh, due to scheduling, it's been a problem, but we finally have uh, a dear friend and a great person, uh, Colleen Minnick from Chandler, Arizona. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Colleen is a is a is a is a hoot, and we love. We we only see each other in the field when we're running workshops, and once in a while we get together for a uh, cocktail or two, or, or, or three or, or twelve or twelve. And um, but it's 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 always fun, and it, it, the the people listening here, John, don't know, but Colleen's got her camera on it. I am amazed how. I mean, whenever we see each other, we we just said, you know, we're all always muddy and full of dust and everything, and it's it's uh, it's 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 great to see that you know you actually have hair. It's amazing. I showered. Yeah, everybody I cleans up. up on. I got my earrings on. Yeah, I got I got, I got fancy for you guys. Wow, well, thank you. Thank you, for me thank to talk you, to you so guys. much. Well, Colleen uh, does every, does a little everything in photography. She she runs some workshops. We'll talk about. Um, we'll get prolific her you, writer, uh, background writer, and uh, and and always is coming up with some new ideas. Um, has a has a great um, vision of, of photography. And uh, I actually met Colleen through Guy Tal yep. um, a few years ago, and. Uh, and uh, it's a just a, a pleasure to, to to know Colleen. Colleen, I know I left a lot out. Could you just give us the the uh, <laughs> yeah? Could you just give us the the, the three hour biography? I was uh, say, how three, much time do we have here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. Well, so I never intended to be a photographer or a writer or anything that I do. Um, I grew up in Ohio, Arkansas, Illinois. Uh, spent a year out in California at Stanford University and came back to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, go blue, uh, and got a business administration degree. I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, like a lot of people. So I thought, like I was coming out of college right at the height of the tech boom, and I thought that I would be super independent and make a ton of money if I had a computer information systems degree. And so that's what I graduated in. I ended up coming out to Phoenix, which is where I live now. <clears throat> excuse me, um, in 1997, after graduating college, to take a job with Intel Corporation. So I'm a, I'm a software engineer by training. I'm a project program manager by training. Um, and in 2001, that just all got really, really, really stressful. And so I picked up photography as a hobby. And in 2003, I started selling my work at art shows. It was just for fun. It was just sort of like one of these, like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I did this. And um, I guess that's sort of how everything happens right now is uh, I kind of throw out an idea and I try it and it either works and I go 100, 100 miles one direction or it doesn't work and I try something else. So 2003, I started selling my, my work at art shows. 2006, I started getting published with magazines like Arizona Highways. By 2007, I had enough work um, in an outdoor photography business that in February February 2007, I walked out of Intel to do this full time. Um, I just, life is just way too short to do things you don't like to do. So, um, so yeah, since then, it's been kind of a wild ride. Um, for three years right after coming out of Intel, I didn't photograph any landscape photography, really. I was focused more on commercial work. So I've pretty much photographed everything but weddings and funerals, which I really didn't know was a thing, but I guess it is. Um, and landscape photography and that I got kind of stressful too. So in 2010, after attending an outdoor writers association of America conference, I saw a whole bunch of people being successful in outdoor photography and outdoor videography and writing and all of that. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do. So since 2010, I've been primarily focused on nature photography and I realized that's really a broad, 
um, domain. And over the years, I see, especially right now, um, my work starting to focus more on water-related um, concepts, I, I guess you'd call it. So coast, rivers, lakes. Um, I do a lot of stand-up paddleboarding, which is my most favorite thing to do in the whole world. Stand-up what? Stand-up paddleboarding. It's like surfing. It's like a surfboard on rivers and lakes. And I go where, overnight where and think do like this? That. <laughs> oh, come on, Jack. It's big. It's a big thing. It's wow. a thing, especially up, yeah. up where you live. It's a thing. It is, huh? Yeah. Well, not a thing for me. I'd probably sink the paddleboard. You might think. <laughs> I mean, do you do this like on the Colorado River or something? I did, yeah, I do. I have done quite a bit out of Moab. Um, I tried to cross Lake Powell, which didn't really go so well, and that's the. Um, uh, Colleen, sort of you're nuts. You're crazy. You're, you're, you're <laughs> well, that so Lake Powell didn't go so well, and that's the that's sort of a focus of my um, travel memoir book that I'm I'm working on right now called Going with the Flow. Um, last year, I I learned how to paddleboard through rapids, and I crossed Lake Mead, which was sixty some sixty some miles solo. Ouch. So, yeah. Wow. It's so much fun. Yeah. And so then the camera just kind of comes with me. Like I just, I try to do sort of, I love being outside. And so I just, I want to be outside. And then the camera just comes with me with all my little adventures that I do. And all my well, that I'll agree. I mean, you're not alone there. That's, I think, how we all got into this. Just liking to go where we get to go, you know? Yeah. It's like the images yeah. are secondary almost. Yeah, and for me, I, when I look back at Intel, um, I think I was just trying to get away from from the office initially. The cubicle. Yeah, I, it, being outside was an escape. Now being outside is is life. Like that's I don't know any different. So Be, being home is is like being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reentry is always a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so you're doing all this stuff now. For those who don't know Colleen, she has a very uh, diverse life. And yeah. also, t tell everybody what you've been doing with this ballet thing. Well, so, I, I uh, let's see, how far back do I want to go? Um, before I grew, I'm six foot tall, which surprises a lot of people. Um, before I grew, I was a, a gymnast, and I actually was just below the level of um, elite, which is the, the level that goes to the Olympics. So I've always loved to dance. I've always loved to move. I always like to tumble and perform, things like that. Um, and as I moved into other sports like volleyball um, and swimming and, and track and things like that, I got away from the whole dance thing. Um, I took ballet as part of the gymnastics, um, jazz, tap, some other stuff. It's like, you know, the, it's like typical girly thing. Um, but uh, I always wanted to dance uh on point and so i started taking adult ballet classes about four years ago um at a local studio here there it's really really great and they offer point classes and point training and so uh, in january of this year i started i started dancing on point so it's taken a little while but i got there finally so colleen for those that aren't familiar with on point that is on yeah. your toes yeah, you put on special ballet shoes that are sort of, um, it's like a paper mache, it's harder at the bottom, um, and you stand on what's called a box, and you stand on your toes, basically. You dance on your toes. <laughs> nice. Well, who would have thought that uh, our We Talk Photo podcast would get into ballet? This is awesome. I, oh, John, I, you don't know, you haven't heard? Yeah. I'm doing ballet. I just you took should. it. Well, I just... <laughs> silly but a part of yeah part can you of picture why that i do all of these things is actually to help not only my outdoor pursuits so like the ballet helps with my balance on the stand-up paddleboard and the stand-up paddleboard gets me places that i want to go for photography um the other thing is is that the ballet actually influences how i see the world so when i hear music in ballet classical music and i do these different mu these different movements Petrusca. i'll look at I'll look at the ocean and I'll be like, oh, look, the ocean's doing an adagio. Isn't that amazing? Like, so it, it actually feeds my creative process. I know it, it may look really like kind of crazy helter skelter, like I'm all over the place and I, maybe I am, but it's, it's, it's kind of controlled chaos. Like there's, there is some meaning. Well, you know, I, I, I think that's a great point for a lot of people that are listening of, of how, 
external influences can influence our photography. And, and where you get motivation from doesn't necessarily mean in the photographic realm. It could be from dance or from music. And that really Absolutely. influences how we create our art, and that, which is super cool. Yeah, well, so it's, um, I, I, in my workshops, I teach them all this model of creativity, and the very first step is preparation. And I've defined that for my photography as collect um, knowledge and ideas. So, and that's not just from photography, it's from everywhere. So I'm constantly looking for ideas, not photographically speaking, but I'm looking for things and I'm looking for, um, you know, patterns or, or shapes or colors or combination of colors that inspire me, that get me excited. And I always am asking, how could I, how could I use this in my work? Um, and so like the next step of, of the creative model is in incubation, which is visualization in terms of photography. And then there's inspiration and illumination, which is the aha moment. And then verification is critique. So I'll look at something or I'll hear something and I'll say, oh, gosh, that reminds me of when I'm at the ocean. And then I have this picture in my head that I visualize and then I end up in Acadia and I respond to you know, the movement in the water or whatnot. So it all, it all feeds it. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't believe that our creativity is limited to this rectangular box that the camera manufacturers give to us. And so, you know, we can, you know, my, my primary, you know, work is through visual, a visual medium, but it's for me, there's many, many different ways to express yourself. Um, and for me, it just happens to be, you know, through physical movement um, with with ballet, and that's that's mostly from my athletic background. Um, but it's also through writing. It's also through stand up paddleboarding. It's through a lot of different ways. And I, I I would encourage people who are listening to this to not limit themselves, because um, yeah, there's just so many different ways you can express yourself. Anyway. Yeah. No. Thank you. I think it was well said. Well said. The so closest, the closest I'll ever get to ballet, uh, Colleen as I had to play the trumpet part in, in I think it's Stravinsky's, is it Stravinsky's? Okay. Or Rinsky, what's it called? The Petrushka Ballet, if you know that. I it's, don't. I'll look it up. Well, there you go. And I did I that in 1972 at Indiana University, the other Big Ten school that keeps getting their <laughs> behinds kicked by Michigan. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think we beat you in football. Oh, you think? Yeah, you think? You think? So, Colleen, Colleen, talk about, um, you know, I saw that you've been the artist in residence up at Acadia several times, I think three times. Yes. What's What's that experience like for you? Oh, for me, it was transformational. I had applied back in 2008 for a 2009 residency, and I did so primarily because I wasn't connecting well with the Sonoran Desert. I was looking at images by, you know, Jack Dykinga and Paul Gill and, and Carrick James and all of these people who are doing amazing work in the desert. And I just, I couldn't figure out like why I just, I just, my work just wasn't, I mean, obviously they had, you know, a substantial number of years ahead of me and they had obviously immense amount of talent. I just, my images just never, I, I just, I wasn't connected with them at all. And so I applied for the artist in residency in Acadia, sight unseen. I'd never been east uh, of the of Illinois, Michigan, unless you count Syracuse, which isn't really the east coast. But um, <clears throat> I went primarily because I thought it looked like Oregon. And Oregon was my, one of my favorite places to photograph. Mm -hmm. um, just the coastline was amazing. And so I thought, hey, I'll do something new. Um, I went out to Acadia and initially did what I was doing in the Southwest, which is I would look at calendars and postcards and try to recreate some of those scenes so that I would make sellable work. So most of my portfolio for my first artist in residency was, was largely iconic and classic, um, which was great. It was a great introduction to Acadia. Um, I went back uh, the next year, 2010, uh, I applied and, and got a second residency. And I did so primarily because my first residency, I was in November and nobody was around. And part of why I picked Acadia as the residency was that I was gonna work with kids um, in photography and art. And in November, nobody's there. So I didn't get that chance. And I felt really bad going to a place where, you know, the park is, is was built based on the donations 
and the kindness and the and the um, generosity of of people for for centuries really and i wasn't a part of that and so i applied the next year to give back specifically and what that looked like for me was that um, i went around with the scudic education adventure program the c program and i followed the kids around in their residential education program so they come on site for about three or four days and they learn about science and art in acadia so i photographed them and i created a bunch of promotional material or promotional photographs for their materials and um more, maybe more importantly, I, I started, I helped start the photojournalism program for the kids. And it's still a program in place today, which nice. is just absolutely amazing. Um, we teach them, you know, all of the compositional techniques. We let them run free in the field with our camera. And then they come back and they write a little story, um, science or editorial. And then we put the photos and the pictures, uh, the photos and the text together in a magazine. And we call it C Magazine. So anyway, that was amazing. And I started in the, in the second residency, really exploring off the beaten path um, in fall and at the height of fall colors. Um, and that was, that was enough for me to continue to come back. I started doing workshops. I visited in every single month except for the winter months. And so I applied for a third residency and I was the park's first winter residency. And it was really in the third residency where I, I, I really changed from being a technically proficient photographer into a more creative one. That's really when I started. I just felt like I had, I had been to Acadia so many times. I think by that time it was probably like 125, 150 days. And I was just, I, it, it sounds really awful right now um, in hindsight, but I was really bored. I got bored. I thought that like I had photographed everything there was in Acadia. And I had three weeks left in my residency and I was like, oh God, what do I do? Um, and what had happened in that third residency is I just ran out of ideas. And so that's when I started researching how to get new ideas, the Wallace model of creativity, things like that, how to, how to continually feed your brain so that you're never running out of ideas. And so now I've been over the, what, 10 years? I think it's been about 10 years now. Um, I've probably been to Acadia 450, 470 days now. Um, since then, and I actually feel like I'm, my work is much, much deeper. It's much more interesting than it ever, ever has been. So, if anything, my my love for that place is has grown. Do you think the the Acadia connection comes from growing up uh, kind of in the upper Midwest and away from the desert? It does. Yeah, a lot of people don't know know this, but I, I spent the first half of my childhood in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, and my house was just over the hill from the Arkansas River. Mm -hmm. I actually had a little creek in my backyard, and so I'm I I'm I feel like I'm I'm more connected now with that that sort of atmosphere, that you know, forest, prairie, meadow, um, bald mountain peaks with granite, and, yeah. and then of course, obviously, the water. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a funny thing. Everybody asks, you know, I, uh, when I when I'm in the out, out in the Midwest or in the Smokies or some, you know, why don't you live here? Why don't you move? Think about. It. And I tell myself, I, I can't. I have to be by an ocean. I, not yeah. that I want to go every day, but it, it's it's yeah. therapeutic. Yep, I have to see the ocean once a month at a minimum to not be cranky. <laughs> and, and that's part of the reason John and I get along so well. We yeah. both kind of enjoy the same. Uh, the same thing, and and but I have to tell you, Acadia was amazing. It's an amazing place. Oh, yeah. Even even in what did we have last uh, October? I mean, that storm was just unbelievable. Were you, oh, the, yeah, you there Easter. for that? That was amazing. Oh yeah, we were. I had a workshop group. We went out. Yeah. And we were, yeah, they were killing it. They were rocking. Yeah, we we got some great stuff on Monday and Tuesday, and yeah. I think Wednesday and then Thursday it, it was the end. It was. Uh, it was fun, but no, it's a great Acadia. If anybody's never been there, I have to tell you that it's uh, it's amazing. It's it's one of the most diverse parks. It reminds me a lot of Olympic in, yeah. without the rainforest, without the yeah. without temperate rainforest. You've got the and ocean, without like got, the super high like yeah. jagged mountain peaks. Yeah, but it's and you've still got the very you've similar. got the, you've got the lakes, you've got the ocean, you've got the mountains. Yeah. And it's so amazing, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, so 
other than Acadia, where else do you go? I know you're going to run some workshops this year. Where, 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 where do you like to, where's, where do you like to go? Well, pretty much now, anywhere with water. So um, I would say, uh, well, I'm going back to Oregon. Um, I raft the Grand Canyon. We do a photo retreat on the Grand Canyon, which is the Colorado River. Um, I do workshop in Watson Lake, which is uh, a little lake in Prescott, Arizona. Um, Acadia, Great Smoky Mountains. Mm, I'm trying to think of what else is on the list. Um, my work is, is going to be centered more more around water. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you're going to get certified for what what level of uh, <laughs> first aid now? Yeah, so uh, in a week and a half, I'm going to, to take the wilderness first responder class. Good for you. Um, yeah. And you're going to be a guide? I'm, I'm, going, I'm applying to be a river guide. Um, and we'll see how that turns out. So, <laughs> man, yeah. I just need, I, well, being in the river, bringing on a Grand Canyon, being on the, um, Green River, let's see, I was on six rivers last year, so I'm sort of addicted. Um, it's just, for me, there's no better place in the world. It's just, it's, you're in the present moment always. Everything is always changing. Um, there's no expectations of you. Um, it's just, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that I can. I'm trying to find a way to get on rivers more, more often, and, and on top of that, trying to connect other people with, with rivers. One one thing people ought to know, uh, John, and uh, if you don't have a copy, you ought to get a copy. Colleen did a book on uh, Arizona wildflowers. Yes, and I think you is it the second edition? Are you up to up to yep. uh, in that already? And I mean, it's a big book. I mean, it's it's a huge <laughs> book, and for not, you know, you said you're not tied into the desert like you should be. It's how can you not be when you did a great book like that? And I'm telling you, everybody ought to have this book. It's, a, it's just an amazing book. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, well I, I think it ties back to the education part, right? And it ties back to trying, wanting people to enjoy the beauty that we have in the world and. Arizona, even though I don't, you know, necessarily center my work photographically here in the Sonora Desert, I still think that it's incredibly beautiful. It is. Um, and that people could come see it. Yeah. So that, that's that's sort of the invitation for people to come out and really explore what I think a lot of people think is just a bunch of sand. Right. I mean, and, our and deserts it, explode. With and, then you, and then you did a wildlife book as well? I published the Arizona Wildlife Book, yeah. The Wild in Arizona is sort of a series. And then right now I'm working on, on the second edition for my Photographing Acadia book. So. <laughs> wow. Which is another fantastic book. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It is. It is. So let me, let me change topics just a second. And uh, it, there's this concept that Jack will love of uh, sheography. Talk to us yeah. about what that is and how you're involved with it. Yeah, so sheography is a conceptual blend of she, obviously, and photography. Um, it's my all-women's photography workshops. Um, I had been teaching all-women's workshops since 2011. Um, I started with Becoming an Outdoor Woman classes, and I started noticing that women, when they were by themselves, um, taking photography classes specifically, uh, were responding very differently than when they were uh, with in a co-ed situation. And so um, it wasn't that they were learning better or worse. It was just that they were learning very differently. They were asking different questions. And so um, I started uh, all women's workshops through, through Arizona Highways Photography Workshops, and I did those for a number of years, and I had a little bit of a different direction that I wanted to go with it. And so I started doing them on my own. Um, and geography sort of came out of that, um, came out of that. So now I'm doing geographies, um, all over the country, um, for, you know, uh, a bunch of different women, but it's, it's really m my opportunity. It's my chance. It's my interest, um, to try to help women who may not be comfortable in the outdoors, um, to get in a very safe, supportive environment where they can explore being outside, um, and doing photography. 
And so there's sort of this photography and adventure sort of blend, you know, trying to get women to do something new um, and exciting um, with travel, you know, maybe traveling by themselves for the first time, maybe traveling on a plane by themselves for the first time. I mean, these are things that, um, you know, as an outdoor photographer, just, you know, we do this all the time. Um, yep. And I really want to help others who maybe aren't in that place. You, um, you know what's interesting, Colleen, is I, I keep track of my uh, my demographics on my okay. workshops. And I told you, you know, how many I've run over the past five years. So I won't go into that. But last year, I, for the first time, had more, uh, about 5% more women than men. And obviously because, you know, um, uh, I think that a lot of retired ladies are picking up a camera mm-hmm. and uh, looking for some kind of uh, something, you know, either going to paint or they're going to do something, you know. And photography is on fire right now, and it's kind of the thing to do. So yeah. I think you struck on a on a good concept. And <laughs> Randy, well, I, I ran into your group in, uh, oh, in the right, yeah. Up on the Tremont River, and and they, you know, I observe a lot, and I was watching, and they were having a ball. I mean, it was it was fun to see. Oh, we have we have such a it's such a wild time. We laugh so much, like our stomachs just hurt. It's it's women just sort of just shedding all the expectations, shedding you know whatever baggage, and they're just themselves. It's just it's really a special thing to see. Um, they're free, they're, they're excited, they're trying new things. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I started doing, we, and we did this in Great Smoky Mountains, was um, I rent these gigantic mansions, these 11, 12-bedroom houses, and we stay, uh, we stay together. And so we're, we're able to have these really sort of intense conversations about life and photography and the creative, the creative life and um, it's just it's super immersive and yeah it's 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 just really great um, to see women um, enjoying enjoying photography and enjoying the outdoors and that and that sort of space it's really for me it's really rewarding yeah I just, John and I John and I had an all men group in the times <laughs> last uh, last Can I come? December sure and uh, we had a very uh, we had a lot of long, uh, immersive uh, talks there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know, we're known for a lot of words. You know, Colleen, when I, when, I, when I noticed that demographic change, I, I just, you know, I, I, mean, I just realized the resemblance of myself and Harrison Ford, and I thought that was the thing. But then I realized it, it was, it was yeah. yeah, I doubt it. But I, I realized <laughs> that, you know, this is what's happening. And then women, it's, and it's great, and, you know, and... Women, if they're out on their own, you know, I hate to say this, but you got to watch your back and you got to be safe and and stuff. And to get in a group, I think a lot of the ladies are a lot more comfortable that way, you know. Yeah, yeah and it's it's unfortunate that we we have we have that sort of extra burden. Yes, uh, and and I'm not gonna lie, I we do have that burden it's that true. men don't have, um, and it is it is good to be in a an environment where you're. Honestly, you're just not worried about that kind of yep, stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great thing. It's a great thing, and and uh, and and you have plans for those next year. And yeah, make, I have a bunch tell of everybody where, where they're going to be. Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying. Yeah, I got to remember. Uh, there's. Yeah, I decided to do a lot more next year. Uh, this year I did four, and I think next year I'm doing either six or seven. Good for you. Um, so yeah, it's it's Watson Lake, uh, Death Valley is on there. Death Valley, um, Winter in Acadia, uh, which will be um, you know exploring the park at a time where most people don't. Where do you uh, stay? So, uh, we stay at the Atlantic Ocean side, and then um, I I also have an arrangement with the Scudic Institute where we stay at Rockefeller Hall oh, okay. on, the, on the Scudic Peninsula. So yeah, we'll stay at, at Rockefeller. Yeah, because Poor Harbor kind of closed down. It's kind of, kind of, yeah. Empty, you know. Um, we'll go to Southern Oregon. Um, we'll go to Bandon. Uh, Lake Powell. I'm adding Lake Powell, which is sort of a glamorous camping um, experience. And then uh, Great Smoky Mountain, I think, is my last geography. So I think there's, cool. I can't remember. I'm, I feel like I'm missing one. But yeah. 
So, anyway. so for all you listeners who might be interested, just a reminder that we will post links to all this stuff up on our webpage. Um, so you can get to Colleen's information rapidly at the click of a button. <laughs> yeah. So, so Colleen, I want to talk about something that, that sort of really, uh, really tickled my fancy a little bit. Um, okay. you know, in this, in this business and looking around social media and on YouTube and all the blogs, you know, everybody's so focused on technical aspects and, and, and serious answers to things and, and feeling and sounding, you know, super knowledgeable. And then along came, along came <laughs> Bubbles, though. So, so Bubbles strikes me as a lighthearted, a little bit of a lighthearted take on just sort of real-world answers to questions that photographers may have. Talk about, so folks, what I'm talking about is Colleen started a new blog called Dear Bubbles, which is an advice column for photographers. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did that start and uh, what do you what do you see with it? Yeah, so um, for those who don't know me, um, Bubbles is one of my many nicknames. And so, um, and, it, and I, I'd like to believe that it comes from the amount of energy that I have, um, but it also comes from my absolute infatuation with bubbles in the in the in the nature in the, in the natural world so i get when i see bubbles like foam or seaweed or yeah ice bubbles i literally lose all two marbles in, in my brain like i just it my whole world explodes so um bubbles has some background um but then i you know i i, I always have I always get questions. I mean, and I love questions um, from all my all my workshop participants. I love questions through email. Um, for some reason, about two weeks ago, it was like the universe exploded with a bunch of questions. And it was just question after question after question. And these were all really good questions that required really thought a thoughtful response, at least I felt like. And so I made a joke. I was, I, I talked to myself a lot. So I made a joke. I was like, haha, you know, it'd be really funny is if I started this advice column, like a Dear Abby thing. And I called it Dear Bubbles. And so I like laughed, ha ha ha. And then I turned my prefrontal cortex off and I was like, no, seriously, why, why not? Like, and so like within a couple hours, I had a blog up and a, the URL and like I had everything going. So, um, yeah. So what I, what I wanted do with it is I want to give people the opportunity to ask questions that they might ask at a workshop, but that they can ask them at any time. Um, because, you know, let's face it, our issues and challenges don't come up just during workshops. They happen all the time. Um, and so I also want to give people some confidence and, and inspiration that what they're struggling with is, is really normal. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe are afraid to say that they're struggling and I want this to be a place where they can say, yeah, you know what? I don't get it. And I can respond and say, you know what? I didn't get it either. And that's fine. Like, mm -hmm. it's, we're all in this together and it's going to be okay. And this is supposed to be fun. Um, so, yeah. So right now I've done, I've done two posts and I have the rest of the year sort of mapped out um, and already sort of written and prepared. So I'm really excited about it. I, I've gotten the questions that are coming through are both creative, they're technically based, they're kind of all over the board. So, yeah, we're just going to run with it. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll help a lot of people. Which is awesome. I mean, it, to, to me, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And I think it takes some of that pressure off of, especially new folks, where, where we oftentimes feel embarrassed to ask questions. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. Um, we're just embarrassed to ask questions like we don't know some basic concepts, but a lot of people struggle with those basic, basic things and are too afraid to ask. And, and, and we are, we're all learning, right? Like oh yeah. You learn, right? If you don't ask questions and I had a, I had a really interesting experience back in, uh, let's see, it would have been 2003, 2003 that I think really affected my philosophy and my perspective on, on asking questions, um, in 2003, I took an Arizona Highways Photography workshop with Jim Steinberg. Uh, it was at Colorado Fox Colors. And we were invited to bring in um, a bunch of photos for critique. And so I, 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 was shooting, uh, I was shooting black and white 
like I, I wasn't even shooting film. I wasn't shooting print slides. So I was going to the workshop just to learn how to shoot color slide film. And um, so I brought like these little four by six, like printed at Walgreens pictures that I had made of, you know, that I'd gotten printed from my work and I brought them in. And when I walked into critique, these, these other participants had these gigantic, like 16 by 20 gorgeous portfolios of like Monument Valley. And I'm going, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> and here's my little black and white picture of, you know, a log. Here it is. It's really nice. And so I started, like, yeah, I started panicking. And, um, you know, the, the photographer, Jim Steinberg, like said, was really great. He was like, no, no, this is where you are at. This is, we're going to look through them and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get, and we're going to learn. And, and, and we did. And, and thank goodness that he said, it's okay to be where you're at. Um, because I think I would have probably gone home and, and stopped photographing after seeing everybody else's work. <laughs> so, and and that, um, that little quote right there is one I want everybody to, to remember. It's okay no, no. to be where you're at. I love that yeah. quote. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, and I don't know what, what's going on like this week, but I've heard so many people be like, why do I suck at photography? I'm like, why, why would you think you'd be anywhere else? Like you're, you're learning, right? Why is there an expectation that we should be somewhere where we're not? This is this is a journey. This isn't something like you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I've figured everything out about photography. Um, and, like, it's there's always something new to learn. And there's you always know, you something know, Colleen, else. I've got to tell you, I, I, I get that a lot. And yeah. when, everybody, when anybody asks me that, my answer is, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm an architect. Well, guess what? I couldn't do what you do. Right. And you've gotten good at that because you've done it for a while. Yeah. And it's all a factor of time. It's all yeah. about time yeah. and preparation. Well, yeah, and I mean, and it's good to have sort of a goal for yourself. Like, if you want to be an architect, you know, set a goal, you know, work towards it, whatnot. But, like, I, I mean... I still suck. Don't, don't, don't get bit because you're not a great photographer yet. Yeah. I mean, it's it, all time. You're, you're not going to make, you know, I don't like, I'm not exactly sure what architects do. So this is maybe ridiculous, but you're not going to make the most beautiful, perfect house every time. Right. Like, so I don't, it, for photography, I just, I think it's, we're so burdened. Well, I think it's society in general. It's life in general. It's not just photography, but we're so burdened by expectations. Not only, our own expectations, but also societal. And it's like, oh, yeah. you got to remember that we're doing this for fun. Like, yeah. Is, <laughs> and life is fun. a, you know, life is a journey. And if we're not continually learning and continually evolving, I mean, you know, there is no finish line to what we're doing. And so you are where you are at any given time. And stay away from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, this this is part of that, you know, filling your brain with knowledge and ideas. You know, you can be on Facebook, but, you know, have a pretty good filter on, you know, what's upsetting you and what's inspiring you. I, I pay attention to the things that inspire me because it, it feeds my creative work. Um, there was a term that we used to use in software engineering called GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. Um, and it, it referenced if you made a, if you developed a piece of software, you could make it the very best piece of software out but if you put bad data in it it would be bad it would be broken and so it's the same thing with our brains if you put garbage in that's what's going to come out in your creative process um and so i'm not going to spend a lot of time you know in the you know political fights and all the you know banter and all of the all anything that's negative anything that's that's not you know fulfilling or inspiring I'm looking for stuff that gets me excited because that's what that's what's going to come through my work. Your state of mind is so important. Yeah, and it I think that takes a it takes a lot it takes a lot of effort to be like nope that does not serve me well and I'm I'm going to just move on. Yeah. yeah, I tell people I tell them I say you know when I'm uh, when I'm going out to teach a workshop or I'm going out once in a while to take some photographs or yeah. just go for a ride and maybe not yeah. even a camera out of the butt out of the back. I never look at my mail because nothing good comes in the mail. <laughs> and being in the right place is so important. It, yeah. it really is. And yeah. it can affect everything. Everything. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
So, Colleen, talk, you know, what, uh, so you had mentioned earlier a little bit that, you know, water, you're feeling very inspired by water. What, what is it that inspires you to, to take a, to create an image? Um, you know, where do you, where do you get your motivation or what are your, what's your thought process around that? Uh, yeah, so when I go out and I'm around water or I'm on a hike, I don't have any expectations of making an image. So I, I basically just, I'm out there to enjoy the experience. Um, and I, I sort of wait until I see something that, my, that piques my curiosity that I am like, wow, that's kind of interesting, or I've never seen that before, or isn't that, isn't that weird, or isn't that cool? Um, and I, I, I listen for that, um, that trigger to go off in my brain. And then I ask myself, you know, what am I responding to and, and why? What is it about that rock versus that tree behind me that that's, you know, starting to get me a little excited? Um, and I go through a variety of different, you know, things a variety of different analytical processes that, you know, most of which happen subconsciously. I mean, a lot of it is just comes down to, to arranging things with light um, and lines and, and trying to really match what I'm trying to say through my compositions. Um, so I can't say that I, you know, by the time I get into the field, I'm actually not thinking much at all. I do all of my thinking when I'm not in the field. <laughs> like I'm super over analytical all the time except when i'm out um and i just it's part of it is just letting your your brain your muscle memory take over um it's a lot like when you when i practice like for example for volleyball like i would pass you you bump the ball you know over and over and over and over and over and practice but once you get to the game you know once you start playing a match you don't think about passing a ball it just the ball comes to you and you pass it and so that's that's sort of what happens for me out in the field is I've done enough of the repetition technically that I don't think about aperture and I don't think about shutter sheet. And I don't think about, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm just more out there responding um, to stuff but, that gets me excited. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, the, the thing that I like to preach is really being in tune with your surroundings and paying attention to that little voice inside of you. You know, it may not be an epic, you know, postcard waterfall shot. It could be a rock, but you need yeah. to be, you need to be open to, to seeing that rock and being excited by it and go, ooh, I want to take that picture. Yeah, and I think when when I see this, especially in workshops, you know, we get we get sort of into the group mentality. It's like, oh, everybody's walking over to see this view, but I really, really love this mushroom. Um, I encourage people to shoot the mushroom. I mean, that's that's the, the whole thing behind personal expression. Yeah, shoot what moves you. Things, yeah, finding the things that are meaningful to you and showing the rest of the world what that is i mean you know the view is still there and you know we can all see it but like what is it that gets you excited and you excited and that's how all all of our photography is going to be different um and that's how we get to learn about the world or just enjoy the view just enjoy the view and don't worry about it yeah absolutely yeah Great. I, that takes a lot of courage though i mean i i from experience like i it was really hard for me to be like I I actually love bubbles and I don't care what the world thinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's not the easiest thing because some people are going to be they're going to be sort of judgy and that's not fun because we all want to fit in and at some point you just look around and go you know what like my life is so much better with bubbles in it I'm just gonna I'm gonna photograph bubbles. Yeah, um, you know what the human nature is we all label things you know. Yeah. You, you, I mean, remember the old record stores? You'd walk in, and here you have jazz, and here you have this, and here you have that, and that's how we run our lives. I think sometimes totally. horrible. Yeah, well, it's true. Well, I mean, it's it's how we communicate. It's how we have a shared experience is through labels. I mean, that's it, how humans and talk, and talk, how right? we organize the world around us. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to. So, so one of my one of my favorite questions to ask folks, Colleen. Right now, because I know it shifts, but right now, what's your favorite focal length or lens that you that you like to shoot with? <laughs> I'm I'm super extreme, so I'm either super wide, fourteen millimeter, or I'm super tight, which is a hundred millimeter macro with two extensions tubes stacked. So, one of the extremes. Nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I just want to tell or share with the favorite quote that I heard from you once, which was, nothing for me is half-ass. Oh. You know, you're full <laughs> tilt all the way, one side or the other. You're all in or all out. Yeah. And I, it's, yeah, I just don't have any other mode. Yeah, well, I, it's I just, awesome. It's awesome. You never know, yeah, you know, you go charging down a path, you never know where you're going to end up. And sometimes cool doors open up that way. Yeah. I, okay. I have a client who's a scratch golfer, you know, and he says, well, you should take up golf. It would be good for your patience. <laughs> so I said, I tell him, I said, you know, I said, I played golf and I hate the game. And he goes, well, how can you hate it? I said, because if I can't get really good at it, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And it bothers me. So, I mean, I'm one of those people, too. I, I, I have to do it 100% or none, you know. And, yeah. and sometimes well, that's what it takes, though, you know. And, I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I can totally relate to that, Jack. Um, I think one of the things that I've had to learn, and I'm, I'm still learning, I'm still practicing it, is doing things for the joy of it. Um, exactly. You know, I spent... I spent 40 years being good at a lot of stuff and not any of it made me happy. And so now it's, it, you know, like it's the ballet, like I'm not ever going to be the next Misty Copeland. Like, you know, I'm not trying to perform. I just do it because I love it. Like, it's just, it, it enhances my life. Like, and photography is I'm without, I'm, I'm in that space with photography right now and writing and, anything that I'm doing is, you know, yeah, I have goals and yeah, I want to be good at stuff. Like I, if I'm going to do it, I'm not going to necessarily, I want to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward, but there's a chance that it's not going to be great. And I think as a recovering perfectionist, I think it's really important to acknowledge that it's okay to not be great, that you can do things just because they're fun. Um, so, you know, maybe mini golf for you. I don't know. <laughs> or you could be a caddy. <laughs> you could be yeah. a caddy. Yeah, maybe you could bring the drinks around. I don't know. I could. I could. I'd be drive the golf cart. There'd be, be none left. Be... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, what a, well, it's been a blast having you on here, Colleen, and it's been too long. And I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm not going to Acadia this year. It's my Acadia off year. We're gonna do our, or we do well, we do our Northern Ohio trip this year in the Cuyahoga National Park in a day on an Amish farm with some Amish folks that I've known for years. Yeah, it's a, it's a great trip. Yeah, so Acadia will be in 2021. All right, we'll hold, uh, we'll hold the court down for you then. Yeah, and if nothing else, um, I know we'll be in the Smokies, and and yeah. uh, you know we have some ideas about that too, and we talked about, and uh, it was just a, such a pleasure to have you on. Um, you've got such a great, great uh, view of the world that I wish everybody else had. And uh, you know, I wonder what what do you do when you're not writing or paddling on a river or whatever you're. What do you do when you when you're home? I mean, you. You cook dinner. You watch TV. I, you, no, I don't. I don't. Do you uh, watch TV? Uh, well, that's not true. Like play. I watch Trevor. Noah. I like Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is fun. I just finished binge watching The Crown, which is a guilty pleasure. So, yeah, but I mean, I. Hey, what do you do? I mean, what do you do when you're not? Uh, hmm. You know. Yeah, I, pretty much. I remember one time that an interviewer asked Joe Zabinal, a jazz pianist, <clears throat> played with Cannonball and Miles and all those guys, and they they said, "Well, you know, all you do is music." I said, "What do you do in your spare time?" He says, "I compose." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what I mean, what do you do in your spare time? Do you do you have spare time? I. I'm not one of those who needs to fill every moment with stuff. Like I'm not a busybody. My challenge is, is that there's so many fun things out there that I just need to do them all like now. Um, so, I mean, when I'm, when I'm home, I mean, I'm catching up on email, which I'm not really great at. Um, you know, I'm, I'm now doing things like dear bubbles and getting myself into stuff like that. Um, I'm working on two books right now. Um, so, I mean, I've always got something to write. Um, I've got articles and submissions. I take ballet. I do the paddleboarding. I'm planning for new trips. I'm planning for new books. I don't, yeah, it's just, 
if the if there's just too much fun stuff going on. It's it just is. I, I yeah. yeah. I mean I'll sit for a few minutes. I'll sit for an hour, but then I'll end up my brain goes and I'll come up with another idea and then it's off to the races again. So Good for I you. just cool. And definitely trying to live the whole you can sleep on your dead thing. Um that's but, your plug, and we should talk about John. How <laughs> John's going to put some show notes up, but uh, yeah, tell yeah. everybody how they can find you. And I know we not we know about Deer Bubbles, and we know about geography. What <laughs> else? Do, I mean, you have your website, and you can sleep when you're dead. Yeah. So all of that can you can just if you just go to ColleenMinick.com, and it's Colleen Minick, one word M I N I U K. Dot com. Um, you can get to um, my workshops, my my blogs, my books. You can. That's sort of the center of my little my little universe. So, um, if you'd like to check it out, there's some photos up there, um, some more information about me, my workshops, um, philosophy stuff like that. But I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram right now, primarily. Um, just having a lot of fun with both of those platforms right yeah. now. So, well, for those of you who don't know Colleen. Please do yourself a favor and 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 check it out. I mean, she's a, a, a I think she's a genius, but that's. Oh, <laughs> I pay him to say that. That's <laughs> no, 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 no. a, a, a inspiration. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's been it's been fun talking with you guys. It's been a pleasure, Colleen. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having having me on the show, and I wish you guys all the very best. I appreciate what you guys are doing for the the photo industry and trying to connect us all. Well, um, I'm always thinking. Time. I'm thinking we need to get you and Guy and oh, Michael. Boy. Oh boy! And uh, maybe Carly, or I don't know. We'll get a whole. We'll get the whole gag and do a whole big roundtable here someday. It'd be pretty interesting. Be, oh yes, that'd be. Yeah. That'd be a interesting. Conversation. Maybe That's we awesome. could do stories that have nothing to do with photography. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd oh, be pretty that funny. All right, Colleen. Hey, we kept you long enough. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll get you back on. And you keep All right. yeah. keep, keep ballet and someday we'll do a ballet together. Sounds good. Oh, I, I we can't wait for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll sure. bring the shoes and the tutu. Yeah. <laughs> bring a video camera. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, as always, you can find us at wetalkphoto.com. Uh, you can send an email to info at wetalkphoto uh, at gmail.com. And questions, ideas, yep. you can go to Spotify and Apple and all those good people. Yep. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like it, give us a review or a rating if you would. That always helps. And uh, it, it's been a pleasure to have Colleen. And we'll talk to everybody on the next podcast. So long. All right. Bye-bye.